Welcome to another week of the Sports Gods Pick Show. This is week 15. We got Ace, Malik, and Anthony. What's um, up? Malik's not going to intro himself. Oh, you want, me to, you want me to intro myself? What's going on, man? Nah, he doesn't say hello no more. He's just too cool. <laughs> no, I said, I've, I've said hello the last couple of, last couple of times. You don't need to say but, hello. He's on top of everybody. He's on top you know. of the world. Yeah, you're looking down no, on those little people. Y'all closing in, man. Y'all are closing in. So I'm not uh I'm not I'm not too comfortable right now. Yes, to <laughs> recap last week we all were again above five hundred. Some of us just a bit more than others. I went nine and six because uh they hate the Ravens. I don't know why. But you know No, because the Ravens I hate us. In, I believe that's, in winners. The, no, the the Ravens and the Browns. The Browns former, hate us. I believe in former NFL MVPs and they want to go out here and pick uh, you know some dude who played for Oklahoma. So that's the on Browns that. hate us. That's that was on the Browns entirely. <laughs> no, First giving up the touchdown game. at the end of that game and then and then running out of bounds for the safety was 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 just icing on the cake. Not I feel real, really bad for anybody that had like the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. But real well, talk, because though, when, when Baltimore was up like 14 points, didn't you think the game was just over? No, because they had no. been scoring pretty much at will. Like, you know, Cleveland was Cleveland was scoring at will. I just I realized that TDs. And it was like halfway yeah, but through they the were third scoring. quarter. Yeah, but the thing is, they were scoring whenever they wanted to. They just couldn't yeah. stop Baltimore, which was more interesting because yeah. you yeah. assumed that, you know, Miles Garrett or, you know, anybody on that defense could get home at least a few times to, to make, make things a little bit difficult, especially given the fact that most other defenses had done it. Um, you know, against Baltimore, like we hadn't seen this kind of ex- offensive explosion from Baltimore pretty much all season before that game. Um, except for the last time they had played Cleveland, right? So it's like, okay, well, got to make one stop, right? Like get, get one good stop and then you can just, uh, and you should be able to get, you know, to, to win this game. So I don't know. It was just, in, it was an interesting game though. It was really, really entertaining. Um, yeah. Really enjoyed it. So it was the best Monday night football game they've had. I feel like I, I want to say in years, but it re- nah, probably in like two years. Cause last year the games were good, but everybody's complaining about Booger McFarland basically, uh, being able to like move up and down the sideline in like a in like a Whitaker chairlift, yeah, which I don't think was his idea. He was like, "Y'all paying me, so I guess this is what I'm doing." Exactly. I don't know exactly. what you what would to say. Yeah. Now the best the best game still. Uh, if you don't remember, you may not remember the best game was during Patrick Mahomes's um, fifty touchdown season. You mean they two had years a game ago? where they, yeah, they had a game when they played against. I believe it was the Rams. Oh, and they yeah. went like fifty-one to like forty-eight or something like that, and they were just going back and forth. Like yeah, this, yeah, this was, was awesome that was that game was crazy. I I've never seen a game. I, I don't think I haven't seen a game that good at all. Like I think that was the best game I'd ever seen on Monday night. Yeah. And then, right. you know, but this one was really good. I know one thing is not really good for the defenses though. <laughs> well, that's true because Baltimore's whole thing was like we can drop thirty on you, and you're only going to score like thirteen points. And now, if you're giving up. Uh, 40 points to the Cleveland Browns, even if you are in Cleveland, it kind of lets other teams know, like, oh, this is what we have to do. Just get loose on them. And it's going to be kind of tough because every team in the AFC, aside from the Pittsburgh Steelers, basically has a really good running game. 
So yeah, but Cle- Cleveland is relatively exceptional. I mean, Cleveland was number one in the league uh, in rushing, and they do they have two starters. Chubb, yeah, Chubb, Chubb, yeah. and uh, and Hunt are oh. no joke. So Kareem yeah, Hunt, both should be. They got lucky with getting Kareem Hunt. I'm got to be honest. Like, I know this sounds messed up, but I know he had a situation a couple of seasons ago. But like, considering who they're willing to sign in the NFL, I'm surprised another team didn't pick him up sooner and go. We'll take this chance. Yeah, nobody wanted him. Just John, because John, right John now. Dorsey, John Dorsey, winning, winning for. I mean, I was all in on him, on him in, in Detroit. I wanted him badly in Detroit, oh, yeah. but um, you know, we just wouldn't do it. So whatever. So apparently, we wanted, you know, we wanted like upstanding citizens, but yet Matt Patricia was yeah. our coach. Whatever. And you brought Adrian Peterson back to the uh, the scene of the crime. Of course, So just to recap, I went nine and six. Malik and Ed went eight and seven. So we are all trending towards, I guess it's trending a little bit better. So on the season, we're all above 40% at least. And Ant is somehow still one game ahead of me, but I'm closing that lead. Oh, right. And our best bets, Anthony, Ant actually had, I think we tied in terms of best bets for the week. We both went three. Oh, no. I picked five, so I went three and two. And you went four and one. Because you had Chicago, Seattle, New Orleans, Cleveland, and Tampa. Oh, wait, no, you went three and two as well. And I went three and two with Arizona, Seattle, and Baltimore. Oh, yeah, I forgot to remind you about this part. Um, so, bear down, bear down. Yeah, picking against them. Bear down. Well, pick against you know your own team. I, I'm sorry, but I didn't <laughs> Unless realize. Unless you're a Jets fan, you should not be picking against your team. I didn't realize how bad and how banged up that Houston was going to be. And once I saw like half the dudes that I thought were going to play warm, when I realized Kiki Cootie was basically going to be the number one receiver, I was like, oh, this ain't going to be good. <laughs> like the Bears should walk away with this one easy. So had I known, like had I actually been walking in to like make, to make a bet that day on Sunday, I would have put the house on Chicago covering that. It, Cause there's no way, like he had no weapons. He had nobody to throw to. Their tight end is above average. But like, aside from that, like, they don't have a great run game, and their offensive line is just as shaky as Chicago. So it's like we knew how this was going to go. But let's jump into this week with the Buffalo Bills visiting the Denver Broncos, favored by six and a half points on the road. And I'm going to take this one and start. And there's no reason to doubt the Bills at this point. After beating the Pittsburgh Steelers at home by 17 points, there's really no reason to doubt them against the Broncos, who have been having a very up and down season. Last week, they had a very good game, which kind of shocked, I guess, most of us. I think we all picked against them unanimously. Um, I'm going to have to take the Bills in this one. Uh, I, I don't think Josh Allen's the best quarterback in the league, but he is a top 10 QB, and he's making me kind of wish Chicago had not drafted Trubisky and gotten him because a big-arm quarterback who can run is always a good thing to have on your side. If only the Bills had a better running back behind him, between Singletary and uh, not Yeldon. They traded him. I can't even remember who the other dude is. They just need to find a consistent running back. He's not the best run option. And they could pretty much lay waste to the rest of the AFC East for a while. So I'm going to I'm gonna lead with the Buffalo Bills and the over because the over-under is 49 and a half. I think they'll give up some points to the Broncos as Drew Locke has been having some pretty solid games and the Bills' defense is probably going to ease up a little bit in Mile High Stadium. And well, I'm going to go with the Bills as well, but I'm going to go with Bills in the under in this thing. Um, Josh Allen is quite is a really is a really good quarterback, but I think it comes more down to coaching on this one. If Josh Allen was somewhere else, 
you wouldn't be the same. But as far as for this, for the betting part, I'm going to take the Bills as well. I'm going to take the Bills in the under in this one. I don't think it's going to be an explosion like how it was before. This is Josh Allen's third season, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think he's – the fact that he's as accurate as he is that I've seen compared to his rookie season when he was throwing the ball like not near anyone and they've gotten him real weapons. Like Cole Beasley is a great slot receiver. He's a great number two receiver, and Stephon Diggs is doing his thing. So, like, maybe it's yeah, not just, all him. surround him with good players them. and good, good things just, around him. But he's getting the ball to where he needs to get to. He's holding up his end of the bargain. He's playing better than Kirk Cousins did when Kirk Cousins had Stephon. He's Diggs. doing what he needs to do as far as being on that team. Yeah. That is making, my opinion. He's making it worth it to having him have having him be a first-round pick. So, he's, he's paying off. Believe. Definitely. So if there's one um, contrarian thought here, um, it's that both teams are actually eight and five against the spread so far this season. Yeah. The Bills have covered their last five games, um, all yes. all wins except for with the exception of one loss to Arizona. They were uh, favorite. They were actually getting three, and they lost only by two, so they actually won that one out as well. And Denver's actually won their last two uh, against the spread, both away games. Uh, one against Kansas City, where they were. Uh, giving they were getting 13 and they actually managed to stay within that within there uh, against the Chiefs and then lastly um, beating Carolina last week as we all discussed um, we all picked Carolina against them so I mean you know both of these teams are trending in a direction where it's going to be it's difficult to pick against them because they either win or at the very least they cover um, and they have a trend that they have a history of covering so if you wanted to take the home team in this getting the six and a half I don't um, I don't begrudge you for it um, I'm going to take the Bills as well, um, just because, uh, again, it's, it feels like they're playing great ball. They're playing the right, they're playing, you know, the right way right now um, at the best, you know, the best time of the year to do that. Um, I think they've already locked in the division. If they haven't yet, a win here gets them, gives them the division um, for the first time in, you know, forever. God knows how long it's been since a team other than the Patriots has won the division. I remember Miami won a few years ago. The Bills won was 1995. Yeah, so, you know, this is this is obviously a monumental opportunity for them, and I don't think that they want to they want to squander that. Um, so I'm going to take the Bills here. I'm going to I'm going to roll with the under as well. Um, I think this this game trends trends a little bit towards towards the under. But Drew Locke was impressive last week through through four touchdowns. Um, and, you know, came out and did some things that probably, you know, would not have expected him to do, especially this, this young in his career. So would not be surprised if Denver uh, covers, wouldn't even be surprised if they, if they actually won this game outright. Uh, but I'll take Buffalo and I'll uh, play the under just in case, uh, just, just to be safe on this one. And I think they do have to just win this week just to lock up their own AFC East thing, but they already clinched the playoffs. Oh, yeah. No, I, I believe because um, the, the Bills are, what, they are 10-3. and three. They've, right. won, they've won the division yeah. already. No yeah, one, I, I, actually, I think no. Technically, Miami can still win. Yeah, I think that's when they, they need so. they need to win. Uh, and I don't know if they need to win and Miami needs to lose, but I know they need to win in order to in order to clinch the division. Yeah. Um, they don't really have a line into the um, to the number one seed, so they really can't play for the bye. But um, yeah, I didn't realize that there was only going to be one bye this year. I keep forgetting yeah. that that there's an yeah. extra wild card spot. Yeah, I mean, even though they beat Pittsburgh, which was a big win for them, um, KC, yeah, KC doesn't look like they're gonna they're gonna be losing anytime soon. They're definitely not gonna lose two more games in the next three. So, KC's cruising to the championships. Uh, they're they're cruising to the AFC title game, is what I believe. Uh, we'll see who's there with them. Yeah, 
that that's what my money would be on. But even that's probably like minus on the money line of that uh, of that prop bet. Although I'd still give it a look. Um, moving on to the Sunday Saturday night football in the weird part of the season because college football is technically over, but not over. Uh, we got the Green Bay Packers being visited by the Carolina Panthers. The Packers are giving up eight and a half. Said Carolina Panthers are the team that gave up the four touchdowns to Drew Locke last week. And I believe they were in Carolina, which shows how quality of a defense that they have. So Aaron Rodgers has been on fire. So I really have no reason to believe that the Carolina Panthers are going to perform better going up to Green Bay in the middle of December. Um, I know it's eight and a half points and they're a home favorite and it's a big ask, but they've been blowing teams out. So I do believe that the Green Bay Packers can take care of them pretty easily in a 10 point win. The over under on this is 51 and a half. So I'm going to take the under because I don't expect Carolina to score much. Even if McCaffrey does is able to play in this game, it may make it closer, but after being off for so long and playing in like a tough environment weather-wise, just with that level of cold, I still think the Packers should be able to come out here and pretty much decimate the Panthers. Their their offense is pretty good under Bridgewater. He's been pretty solid for them. Not too many turnovers, but Rodgers has thrown for three, four touchdowns and like 220 yards. Super efficient. And Aaron Jones is just doing his thing on the ground. So I'm going to take the Packers in the under for the week. And it's going to be one of my locks of the week as well. Malik. Yeah, Packers in the under here is a lock lock as well for me. Um, this one is it's it's interesting because it's a they're an eight and a half point favorite at home against Carolina, but they were a nine and a half point favorite last week on the road in Detroit, which just tells you what the what the betters and what Vegas thinks about both Detroit and Carolina in this situation. It's really not a hedge against Green Bay. You're just assuming that they're because their Lions have a better record. Right, but I mean, uh, Carolina did beat beat the Lions by you know twenty was it twenty to nothing or something like that was the score. But anyway, um, the so it's just interesting that Green Bay at home is not favored by more than the eight and a half against the Carolina team that's you know not going to have their best they're still not going to have their best player and Christian yeah. McCaffrey most likely. Um, so because of that, I feel like this this line is actually a little low today. Uh, may trend may may trend up a bit, uh, especially with um, the McCaffrey news, you know, still being kind of in flux as of today when we're recording. Um, but if he's definitely definitely declared out, I expect that this, that number to creep creep towards ten um, easily. Uh, so that said, at the eight and a half, I'll definitely take the Packers and I'll play the under as well because uh, I feel like we're getting a little bit of a, of a bargain here. All right, and. You can make that three for three with me. I'm going to go with um, Packers and under as well. Aaron Rodgers is a bad man, but I don't, I don't trust that over and under of 51 and a half. That's kind of too much right there, in my opinion. So I'm definitely going to go with Packers and under, especially with a couple of things that both of you guys have been saying. Definitely going to stick with that. So And also make that a lock of the week for me as well. Green Bay Packers have average 10th most rushing yards per game and the sixth most, no, the second most uh, yards per game in general. And the Carolina Panthers are towards the bottom of the league, about 20th and 14th in terms of passing yards. So even if they did, even if the Packers did play sloppy on defense, I don't expect them to just give up enough points to allow this to hit the over. That 51 is kind of a magic number. I mean, it might push up to like 52, 53 if people keep taking the, if people keep betting the over, which I could see them wanting to do, which might be a little bit easier. But I think really the reason why it's at eight and a half or like nine is once it gets to 10 points, that seems to be like 
where they're trying to get even money on both sides. Because right now I can imagine everybody's most of the money's coming in on the Packers because Carolina just looks like they don't have it. But moving on to their Oh, you want to say something about that? Sorry. No, I was saying, yeah, especially after them losing to Denver the way that they did at home, um, you know, having them doing then now to travel on the road against against a much better team. Um, you know, the expect that's why I said the expectation to me is that this is going to trend high. And that's why I think I think I think this is Vegas being a little slick, at least at the beginning, um, because you want they want to bet the you put you, you bring the number relatively low. So you want to get a lot of people betting on betting on um, on Green Bay, so that when you bump the number up in about two days to you know ten or eleven, or I mean just about just about ten nine and a half to ten, then you start getting the money on on Carolina. So you got money on both sides, and you can split the difference. So exactly, exactly. All right, moving on to. Malik, your Detroit Lions going to the Tennessee Titans, getting ten and a half points on the road after last week's, uh, I would say, beatdown at the hands of the Green Bay Packers and the Jaguars putting it on, not really doing much against the Titans. Which I'm kind of glad they didn't get those ten, twelve points at home, losing by three touchdowns. I'm gonna let you go first on this one since this is this is your uh, your your squad here. <laughs> Yeah, it is. Um, it's actually it, this is a tough one to call because I actually think that this line is a little bit is a little bit facetious in my opinion. Um, not because Detroit, not, not because Detroit can't um, can can actually do something to slow down Tennessee's offense. I mean, Derrick Henry pretty much is getting whatever the hell he wants whenever he wants to get. He's eating everybody's lunch out there, so it's not a that's not a, a knock to to the Titans. It's actually it's actually because I don't think that the Titans defense is is very good, and I think that the Lions could you know uh, and could actually keep the game relatively close um, offensively. Uh, but I think I think I'm gonna, I'm gonna trend here with the Titans. I'm gonna keep it safe. Um, because one of the things that I do that I do know, as I, as I mentioned with Derrick Henry, is um, the Lions don't don't have a an ability to stop the run. Um, a good running back, a good running game will um, will damage what Detroit Lions, what the Detroit's trying to bring trying to bring up front. Um, they lack the beef up front, and they lack the tackling uh, on the back end to really uh, hold hold down uh, Derrick Henry. And I expect him to get well over 150 yards, possibly two touchdowns. So if you're facing him in, in, in fantasy, good luck. Um, if you have him in fantasy, uh, enjoy, you know, enjoy the spoils of, of your, uh, you of your victory. That's 29th against 29th in the league in points against doesn't have a good run defense. They don't have a good run defense Shocking. and they can't run the football either. So this is, this is, this is, this has a likelihood of getting ugly quick, Almost even though I do think getting a lot of rushing touchdowns each week, which is kind of weird. Yeah, I mean, well, they get short yardage. They get they get they get they get down there. I mean, the receivers are good enough. Stafford's good enough. The team the team isn't bad in terms of like you know getting the ball down the field and making plays. They can score. I mean, they scored twenty four in the pack as well. Like they they and they were able to cover that spread. Um, so it's not about that. It's really about like Tennessee just being able to take the ball and give it give it to Derrick Henry and completely dominate the football game. So I expect them to do that again. This is his time of the season. This is when he starts putting up those 200-yard performances. So completely expect that to happen again, and uh, Tennessee will cover. So give me Tennessee, and uh, I'll play the over here because I think it's, I think one, or if not both, of those teams gets really close to 30 points. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. 
I'm going to agree with you on this one. Normally, I would take a 10, 10 point uh, road road underdog, but the Lions and the Titans have a pretty like short history in terms of games, and the Titans have the longest win streak against any team, and that team is the Detroit Lions. And given the weaknesses the Lions have, even with everyone healthy and playing well, the Titans aren't really good at getting to the quarterback, which should give the Lions a good shot at keeping it close. I just see them, you know, pounding the ball with Henry so early and often, and AJ Brown, who's just been playing above and beyond for the as a, as a wideout. I could see them sitting the over, so I would take the over as well. I see the Titans being able to take this one. No exaggeration, probably like 35-17, 35-20. You know, just enough to like get that. I see them winning this by about two touchdowns, though. And are you taking the over A's? Oh yeah. Over or under is 50 and a half, by the way. Yes. Yeah, I think both of you are taking the over. I think I might have to agree with y'all on this because just like how Malik said, no one's stopping the Titans' run game. I don't think nobody on Detroit stopping the Titans' run game. So they're going to have to throw it just to get back in. So that'll even everything out on this over and, over, this over and under. So, yeah, I'm definitely going to go with y'all, especially from what Malik was saying, and go with, um, with the Titans in the over in this one as well. He knows his team more better than – all three of us combined, so definitely go with that. I'm five and zero picking pick, picking the Lions thus far this thus far since we've been doing this. I think five and zero. I might be six and zero actually. Well, this is I've, I've hit I've hit on just about every game every game they played. What week did we start? Because we started a little bit late, right? So we started. I think we started like week eight. eight. I think yeah. we started week yeah we started week eight. Yeah, that's our seventh week of doing this. Yeah. Wow. Consistent consistency. <laughs> I love it. All right. San Francisco 49ers at the Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys are getting two and a half points at home against a pretty shaky 49ers team. And as much as I want to pick the Cowboys, they beat up on a really bad team last week in the Cincinnati Bengals. So unless this goes to like three and a half or four, I don't think I can take the Cowboys. Um, the Niners defense just seems a little bit better. And Nick Mullins isn't great. But somehow he doesn't mess it up enough. But the Cowboys just did everything right last week. They had a defensive touchdown by Alden Smith. They had a gang of sacks on um, – I can't even remember the name of the quarterback for Cincinnati, but that's not even important because at this point they're tanking again to get a better offensive weapon or another defensive pick for their team in the top uh, two or three. I'd have to lean towards the San Francisco 49ers, but I don't really feel too confident about either of these ones. The Cowboys have a lot more to play for as the Niners are pretty much out of it when it comes to playoffs. But it seems very doable for them to win this game by three points. The fact that they've beaten the Rams and also the Seattle Seahawks, there's really no reason why they can't go down to Dallas and win that game. So I'm going to have to go with the Niners, and I'm going to go with the under. Even though it's 44.5, I can see this being a very low-scoring game for both teams. And... Yeah, I kind of don't trust this game, but it seems like Dallas Cowboys, is, even though, you know, they ha- they're really running with their backup quarterback, I'm still going to respect the Andy Dalton thing Red from last week. The respect carries over to this week. Yeah, even though he beat a team that has two wins, you show yeah. respect. Yeah, I'm, I'm still going to show some respect to the man. Gotcha. Okay. But anyway, I'm going to go with Dallas Cowboys here, and I'm going to go with them with the under. I think they could actually pull this out, even though – San Francisco definitely has a little bit better, way better coaching, but I'm going to go with Cowboys and the other this one. See, now this is the game that I'm going to pull ahead on you on. I just, I just, want, I just want the audience to, to listen to that 
So then I come back next week and I see I'm I'm two games up. This is this is going to be the game where that where that uptrend, that hockey stick uptrend, starts to happen. Okay, if you think that, but you know what? Just because you said that, I'm gonna make this my lock of the week. I love it. <laughs> I'm doubling down, doubling down. All right, Let's get this going. <laughs> what do you gotta say? So San Francisco is actually one in five in their last six against the spread. Uh, that one, that one win being um, against the LA Rams when they actually won a game where they were they were uh, they were underdogs by five. Um, they actually won that game by three. Um, but they've they've not been covering spreads um, recently, and that's not to say that Dallas has been great at it. I mean, Dallas is. Uh, in their last five, they're uh, three and three, basically. I'm sorry, the last six are three and three in covering spreads as well. So it's, um, and but but Dallas is three and ten on the season doing this. So Dallas is clearly uh, not very good at uh, holding up their end of the bargain when it comes to uh, you know Dallas maintaining, main, right, maintaining any kind of uh, maintaining any kind of uh, any kind of pick against the spread here. Um, I, neither one of these teams needs this game for any kind of respectability or playoff hopes or positioning or anything along those the lines. Could still make the playoffs and they would actually need this game. Yeah, but because Washington's not Washington. Will get yeah, and I mean the, the NFC now. East. Nobody in the NFC East are world beaters, and technically they could they could go come come back and and take the division at seven and nine if they were to win out, win all the way out. It's possible. Yeah, not yes, probable. Take that division. Come on now. Not, <laughs> not probable. But um, but I mean, San Francisco is one of those is, is one of those teams that is getting mildly healthier every week. Uh, they get one or two guys back to help the team out um, to rejoin the roster, um, and so I think yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to I'm gonna go with Frisco as well. Um, again, trending towards a better coach, better coach team. Uh, Nick Mullins has not looked like you know a dumpster fire. Um, so you know he if he can. Just maintain, you know, the consistency. I have a feeling like the, the 49ers can can eke out a win here against Dallas. Um, again, the one the one thing, and I've said this the last couple of weeks, the one thing that you just don't know of right now is whether or not Ezekiel or Elliott ever comes out of his shell and, and plays like, you know, the Zeke that we know. Because if he does, then this team is damn near unbeatable um, yeah. against a team like for, against a team like San Francisco. But if he doesn't, and he remains the exact same guy that he's been the disappointment that he's been for fantasy owners for the last, you know, for the entire season, yeah. Dallas is going to win. I mean, I'm sorry, Dallas is going to lose this game and San Francisco is going to, going to, you know, hold, hold for it. And um, yeah. So if you, if you think San Francisco is going to win this game, then you definitely want to just take it because two and a half is two is uh, a tiny, tiny spread. They can cover that pretty easily. So yeah. give me San Francisco and um, I'll play the under as well here. All right. I'm well. wondering, just to ask you guys a question about the Zeke earlier thing. You think it's just, um, is this going to be a downhill from him, for him from here on out? Or? No, not from here on out. It's two of his best offensive linemen are hurt. And what's crazy is this is what the – this is week 15. So they have three more weeks left of the season, including this, three more games. He can still get a 1,000-yard rushing season. Wow. He has 832 yards. Yeah, now, it's, it's like that's – That's not a good year. Yeah. He could barely get to like a thousand and like six. It's like the Carlos Hyde year last year where like you 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 know, you looked up at the end of the season and he had over a thousand yards, but you couldn't remember a game when he actually did anything worth worth yeah. talking about. And um and same thing with Zeke. Like and I think to answer your I think to answer your question, the thing that's lacking most from Zeke right now is is uh his pass catching. Like he's not involved in the passing game at all in in the in the same way that 
um, he was when Dak Prescott was the quarterback. And I think that that's going to be the thing that winds up uh, trending back for him. Um, also, I, I don't, I don't know this to be sure. And I'd have to look at this, the stats to the data to prove it, but I don't think Mike McCarthy, you know, is, is particularly a good coach um, at coaching running backs, at coaching running backs and running games. I mean, it just doesn't seem like he, he has any real idea. Like the offense has no in, ingenuity. And um, I mean, and any, and anybody that's uh, that was thinking about, I can't remember this the offensive coordinator right now, his name escapes me, but you know, he used to, Oh, the former quarterback for Boise state. Kellen used Moore. to be Kellen Moore. used to be the former Detroit, former Detroit Lions quarterback too. Um, you know, he he was he was talked about in certain circles early on in the season when Dak Prescott was lighting things up. He was talked about as being a potential head coaching candidate. That clearly was uh, wishful thinking. Uh, you know, went out, that went out the window. He will get a chance at being a head coach before Eric Bieniemy. Well, we he'll get. He'll get in. He'll get interviews. I think he'll get interviews. Yeah. I think. And I think he'll definitely get interviews. I don't think he'll get a job, um, because Dallas's offense has looked relatively putrid since Dak Prescott no, left. Don't and think so, he'll be the new head coach of the Chicago Bears come uh, next season. I think if he does, you should turn in your Bears fandom ticket. Like you should turn <laughs> that in relatively quickly. <laughs> I'm sorry so they can get Bob Stoops, but that's just a pipe dream. <laughs> Listen, Amari Cooper has 942 yards and 80 catches on the season. The numbers are there. It's, it's interesting that the so numbers are there. The numbers are there for both, you know, for a lot of their, their skill position guys. They're just not winning football games at any kind of a steady clip. Winning against games. Cincinnati was really nothing. They've, they've won four games. They just need to win a game in their division, which is. They need to fire Mike McCarthy and pay Dak Prescott his money. Well, they've already guaranteed McCarthy will be back next season. So really Stephen like Jones came out and said that this week. Sleepovers. Yeah, he slept over at Jerry Jones's house. That's not good. Season when he was interviewing for the job. So who knows what that uh, man did to get this job? Yeah, it just doesn't sound right. Uh, I don't want to know what they had to do in the you know when the heat went out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And moving on. We got the hosting. My Chicago Bears, who still have a glimmer of hope at the third wild card spot. They need a lot of good things to happen, but it's all still possible. They need the Falcons to beat the Buccaneers, which can happen. They need Washington to beat Seattle, which can happen. They need the Jets to beat the Rams. Not going to happen. They need the Cardinals to lose to the Eagles. I guess possible. And they need, that's, that's about all they need, but that's a lot that they need. And they also need to beat the Minnesota Vikings team, which they have not been able to do this season so far, considering that they snatched defeat from the Jaws of Victory before about, mm, I think it was week 10 or 11 when I picked them to win that game. But Chicago was getting three points on the road in the Dome. Dalvin Cook is a little bit more banged up, but he is playing pretty well and still getting over 100 yards. The Bears defense beasted last week. So I really don't see any reason why they shouldn't be able to get this done right here. I'm going to have to go with my Bears. The over-under on this is actually kind of high at 47 and a half. I guess it's because the Bears put up so many points last week, but I would take the under on this one. Their running game is outperforming, and they finally got the passing game going with Trubisky. I think he has a little bit more confidence. As long as he doesn't turn the ball over, I genuinely believe that this team, unfortunately, is probably going to win nine games, which means we're not going to get a high draft pick if we just miss the playoffs. But I do believe they're going to cover this game. 
So I'm going to go with the Bears and the under. Give me the three points. If they, if you, if this line ends up moving a little bit more because everybody keeps taking the Vikings, I would really lean heavily into the Bears. But I don't think it's going to move because three points is kind of perfect for this one. Malik, what do you got to say? Yeah, I'm going to go Minnesota. I'm going to go the other way on this one. I, I think Minnesota is playing at a, at a level where um, they should be. They should be favored. I'm, I'm glad, you know, that, that that's looks like they're trending that way. So both teams are six and seven, by the way. So both teams, this is an elimination game, basically. Yeah, it basically is. But it, it also, I mean, these teams are relatively evenly, evenly matched, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, the, the Bears' strength is their defense. The Vikings' strength is their offense. The weaknesses uh, are the opposite units on both sides. So, you know, what you expect to see in this game is probably probably a relatively low-scoring game that doesn't get, you know, too high. And so I'm definitely hitting the, hitting the under here. Um, but I think that there is an opportunity. If there's an opportunity for um, Kirk Cousins to have himself a decent enough game where he pulls out a, a you know, a close victory, this is, this is the one. Um, you know, take care of home field, maintain that. Uh, get a win um, and get yourself back into the potential playoff hunt. Um, you know, get to get one of those those uh, wild card spots. So, I'm gonna take Minnesota and uh, I'll go with the under as well here. All right, and what do you gotta say? Um, who's Chicago's starting quarterback again? It's Mitchell Trubisky. You got, oh, he's you got yeah. No, no, yeah, yeah, kind of, but <laughs> I'll save that for later. The New York, the New York Jets fans got jokes on the Bears quarterback. <laughs> the one who's actually winning games. Hey, you know what? I picked the Bears last week, and I was right on that one. I was on the I was a Bears fan on that. I was the only Bears fan on that, I should say. I was on the Bears train on that. But this week, I'm gonna have to agree with Malik on this one. I don't see them see it happening. I'm going with the Vikings on this one. I'm going Vikings and the under in this. Sorry, you're on your own this time. This is how you should have been last week. You should have been picking your Bears, but you're too late now. So, Vikings on the under. All right. I'm gonna just give you three reasons. I'm gonna make this my lock of the week because I'm feeling petty. Uh oh. Yeah, you heard me. Okay, so Chicago has best scoring defenses in the league, number nine, right? Top ten scoring defense. Their yards per game way down. Minnesota's yards per game are fifth, yet somehow they're only averaging 25 points per game. The last time they played the Bears, they had a couple of penalties, a lot of turnovers, and they got lucky. The Bears have 30 sacks on the season. They're not really throwing too many picks. It's I see them just kind of dominating through their ground game. And one thing that actually has happened for Minnesota is their defensive line is actually not that good. Their linebackers are playing better. But Khalil, Khalil Mack looked very healthy last week along with Akeem Hicks. So I think the Bears front seven is really going to have an effect on Dalvin Cook. And when he can't get going, just like last week against Tampa Bay, they don't perform well. So if that holds true, which I'm counting on for this game, that's why I'm picking Chicago. It's more based off of the defenses of both of these teams as it is really on the offenses. Because you want me to pick between Kirk Cousins and Mitchell Trubisky, that's a losing bet proposition either way. I'm really betting on the Bears defense over Minnesota Vikings defense. That's really what this is about. So that's why I'm taking my Bears. Well, the difference between both Trubisky and you know, Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins earned himself another more. contract. He, got he earned himself another contract. So he, he, he knows <laughs> Trubisky's on his way out after the season. He held out for more money. That's what that, that's all Kirk Cousins did. 
And yeah, he got Cole it. Cook is having a great season. He's got 1,300 yards on the year, but he's nearing his 300th carry. He's got 273 carries on the season. And I just don't, I just don't think that's going to hold up well for him. Not against a good, a really good rushing defense like this. Two good run defenses in a row kind of going to wear him down. He did get 100 yards last week, though, so he's not bad. He's just not good enough to overcome his, overcome the defense for his entire squad. Moving on to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons are at home, and they're getting six in this one. Nobody really expects Atlanta to actually win this game, which is kind of surprising. Well, not surprising, because Tampa Bay actually needs it to maintain their spot in the playoffs. So I do expect Tampa Bay to win, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Falcons actually covered, except for the fact that they never really seem to cover. They're very consistent at not covering. So that's the main reason why I'm going to be taking the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on this one. I think this is going to be another lock of the week. NFC South matchup. The Bucks are going to roll the Falcons. Falcons are getting six, but I don't know if Julio Jones is going to play. Calvin Ridley is playing his tail off, but they have no running game to speak of. Um, so, yeah, I'm leaning on the Bucks here. Ronald Jones has been doing his thing on the running game. Bucks minus the six. I'll take a road favorite. Yeah, that's my pick. And okay, you got basically Tampa Bay, who's just a collection of um good players and stuff like that, versus Atlanta, who chokes all the time. It's a super you know, team. yeah, super team versus the choke team. That's what that's basically what it is. But um, I can't discount on Tom Brady. I think he's still going to be pushing it. Still, they need this game. You're counting on the 42 year old to win this. Yeah, I'm, yeah, they counting on him. But the thing is that you also have a whole collection of other good players that could actually been you know. Anyway, looking at this, I'm going to go with Tampa Bay as well, and I'm going to take Tampa Bay in the over in this one. All right. I think this, I think this can actually be a shootout. A shootout? Mm-hmm. I think the over-under on this is 50-and-a-half, which is why I'm kind of leaning towards the under, because I just don't see the Falcons holding up there under the bargain, because Gurley and whoever else they have running the ball are not really getting it done. So I just expect the Falcons to underperform. I'm not expecting the, the Bucks not to score a lot. I'm expecting the Falcons not being able to score a lot. But Malik... Yeah, the thing is, the thing that has me leaning leaning Atlanta as the home dog here is the fact that Ronald Jones, starting running back for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, will be out. I think he's been placed on injury reserve when the part he's actually on the reserve COVID list, um, so he's not going to be playing in this game. Um, so they'll be handing the ball, if I'm not mistaken, over to Leonard Fournette potentially because uh, Fournette did not play, I believe, last week. I don't know what his situation was, um, or if he'll be. So if if he'll be the starter then, you know, the drop-off isn't too, isn't too significant from Ronald Jones. But if, uh, you know, if he's not, um, then I honestly don't know who else is going to be running the football for them. And that's the reason why, you know, I'm, I'm trending a little bit towards Atlanta. Um, making this pick today on a Wednesday, I would have loved to have made this pick on a Thursday or a Friday just because I would have known more, had more information about this. But making this pick on a Wednesday, um, probably going to trend towards Tampa as well. Not making them my best bet just because of the Jones, the Jones information. I feel like Tampa's, you know, obviously the better team playing better, playing better football at this point in time coming off of their now what one week or two weeks removed from their, their bye. So they're relatively healthy with the exception of Jones, of course. And, um, yeah, this is the time for Tampa and Tom Brady to, you know, start making a run, start making a push to get themselves into the uh, into the thick of the playoff hunt and, uh, you know, and lock in their positioning. So, um, and, you know, who's to say that uh, New Orleans might be losing their second straight game this week? So, you know, if, you know, is it, is, if it's even possible for them to even, you know, squeak in and take the division, 
Um, they would have to obviously finish better than New Orleans because they couldn't finish with a tie because they've lost both games to the Saints this season. But, um, you know, I'm sure they, they still believe that they have an opportunity to play for that division and potentially uh, host a playoff game, uh, which would be beneficial for them. So uh, I'll take Tampa Bay. Um, and I will, you know, I will play the points here. I think I actually think this this hits the over, because Atlanta can score. Atlanta can score pretty much anybody. That's that's not been a problem for them. Their problem has been stopping other people from scoring, uh, and that's still going to be an issue. So even though they can't run, um, Todd Gurley has not been like great all season. So it's not like they've had, it's not like they're 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 dealing with a situation like you know where they had this great running back and now they they don't have him anymore. He hasn't been good all year. They haven't been good running the football all year, and so they figured out ways to score around that. So. Atlanta should score, but uh, I'll take Tampa and I'll give the six here. Tampa can technically win the division, but the issue really is the issue really comes down to the fact that I believe Tampa's actually already lost to uh, New Orleans twice. Yeah, twice. They 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 would have to actually finish with a better record than New Orleans. They couldn't finish with a so they couldn't finish with a tie. To lose out. New Orleans has to lose basically. the next three games, and Tampa has to win their next three games. Basically, basically, and you know Breeze is Breeze is likely coming back. If not this week, I believe he's coming back. Coming back this week, he's probably um, gonna play. I don't know about this this week, but the next week because Taysom Hill experiment, it's kind of up. Like we know what it is. Yeah, it's pretty much done. <laughs> so he can actually throw a touchdown pass, though. So I'll give him credit for that, which is not something that I thought he was gonna do after winning two games with just his legs, like it was nineteen, you know, thirties football. Uh, they got the Colts hosting the Houston Texans, who. I kind of just banged up on the walking wounded on this one. Uh, still going to be without Will Fuller. I don't know if Brandon Cooks is going to play after he suited up and played like a series in the last game against the Bears. Uh, the Colts have been rolling teams, and they are tied. And the Tennessee Titans have the tiebreaker in the AFC South. So the Colts need to win this game, and they need to hope somehow, some way, the Detroit Lions can pull off that upset against the Titans. Unlikely at home, both of these teams at home. I expect both of them to be pushing to 10 and 5 this week. Or not 10 and 5, but I'm sorry, 10 and 4 this week. So I'm going to be taking the Colts minus 7 on at home against the Texans. I expect this to be kind of a blowout. It's 50 and a half, so I would, I'm leaning towards the over a little bit, but I really don't expect the uh, Texans to put up much of a fight in this one. So I'm going to take, I'm going to make this one of my locks of the week as the Colts minus 7. Jump on this early because I expect this spread only to get bigger. So it's Wednesday when we're recording this, so even if you see this on Thursday, if it hasn't gotten to seven and a half yet, it's kind of like the perfect line. I would, I would put my money on the Colts for this one. And yeah, I'm definitely gonna go with the Colts too, but I'm gonna go trend in a different direction. I'm gonna Colts in the in the over in this one. I really think that this is gonna be a good um a good game here, going back and forth between both of them. I think they can actually um, pull it out of making that over and under on this one. So I'm definitely gonna take the Colts in the over on this. That's going to be my lock of the week. All right, Malik. Yeah, I wish I could take Houston here. Um, but this is another one where, the honestly, you know, there's no reason to believe that the Colts uh, lay an egg against the Houston team that's just just not healthy enough and not good enough to, uh, to you know, withstand uh, whatever the Colts are bringing. The Colts actually won this game in Houston, what, two or three weeks ago, 26 to 20. Um, yeah. And they covered us. They covered, I believe, it was a four-point spread that day. 
or yeah, no, I'm sorry, uh, seven point spread or eight point spread that game uh, on the road. And they actually covered that. So I don't see why we shouldn't expect Indianapolis to cover the same exact spread or, or even one, one, or, one or two points lower now at home against Houston, against the same exactly. Houston team that's actually gotten a little uh, less healthier because Will Filler actually played in that game. He didn't play in this one. He's not playing in this one. So uh, Indianapolis is uh, still a team that kind of befuddles me a little bit around how they win, how they win football games, but whatever, they still manage to do so. And they managed to do so in fashion that uh, allows them to win against the spread. So uh, I'll go ahead and take, take Indy as well. I'll take, I'll play, I'll play it towards the over. Cause I feel like Indy still, still will score about 27, 28 points, which means that you only need about 23 from Houston, which they can still do uh, with Deshaun Watson um, being their quarterback. So, we're all going Indy here. Uh, I'm going to make this a lock for me as well, lock of the week. Um, and so, yeah, that'll be my third lock. Rock, uh, get it in. All right. Um, moving on to the next game, we have the Seattle Seahawks going to Virginia to play the Washington football team who are getting five and a half as home underdogs. I think the reason why the spread is as high is because Dwayne Haskins is expected to start. So just with that being said, I'm picking the Seattle Seahawks. Um, I just – I mean, I like Haskins. I think he's okay, but team's kind of given up on him as their future of the team, considering that they're starting Alex Smith the majority of the season and how he's played and gotten the team to first in the division in the uh, NFC East. I mean, six wins isn't a ton, but it's enough to lead this one. And he pulled out a win against, you know, Pittsburgh, which kind of was unlikely. It was a full team win, but the defense is really going to have to carry them in this one. And I don't see Russell Wilson being shaken by um, a couple of good, a really good defensive ends. That's something he's probably accustomed to, having played against all those quality San Francisco teams and also having played in the uh, NFC West against the LA Rams and their good pass rush. So I'm going to take the Seattle Seahawks covering this one. The over-under, they can lay those five and a half points. I can see them winning this by a touchdown. The over-under is 44 and a half. I don't get why it's so low. So I'm definitely leaning harder on the over than I am on the points. But Definitely give me the Seahawks in this one. They've let me down a few weeks, but last week they came through against the Jets, and I expect them to come through this week against the Washington team as well. Malik. Yes, Seattle Seattle should be the play here. Um, they dropped 40 points against uh, a bad Jets team, uh, which probably is just a, was just a warm-up for them to get, get right, uh, a get-right game for them. Um, against a team that you know they they absolutely you know slaughtered. Um, going to Washington, you don't expect this team to be rattled by the, the West Coast to East Coast uh, trip that they have to take. They've done this you know many times before. Russell Wilson's a veteran quarterback that's that's uh, absolutely used to this this type of situation. So that's that's not going to be a problem for them. And the fact of the matter is, um, not just Dwayne Haskins, but they we're still not sure what's going to happen with their young running back Antonio Gibson, whether or not he's going to be playing. Oh, he's um, not which be playing this week. He's not. He hasn't practiced at all so far. Yeah, he hasn't practiced at all. He's still nursing his injury, so uh, I believe it's a hand injury. So um, yeah, he he may not he may not get out there. So if he doesn't get out there, plus you know the starting situation with Dwayne Haskins, you just got to imagine that this team is going to have trouble scoring the football, and that just bodes well for Seattle and that offense to you know do what they need to do. Uh, take a take an early lead and then just kind of hold 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 for it there. 
uh, understand Washington needs this, obviously, to try to keep pace with the Giants uh, and, and the rest of the division uh, to win to win the NFC East and potentially even get a playoff spot. But I don't see them doing it against a Seattle team that's capable of scoring, you know, upwards of 30 points and, and then, just, then just daring Washington to actually, you know, you know meet, them, meet them halfway there. Um, the only thing that you probably, you know, know is, you know, is that Washington's got a good front seven. I mean, they can rush the quarterback. They can get after the quarterback. They can make plays. And uh, we saw we saw what the Giants were capable of doing in Seattle when uh, when they're able to rush for and, and and still get home. So um, if you wanna if you wanna trend towards Washington, that's the thing. That that's the thing to lean for. But for this here for this purpose here, I'll go with Seattle and I will give the five and a half points. Um, and I will I will hit the. Interestingly enough, I'll hit the under on this just because I feel like Washington's going to have such a such a difficult time scoring the scoring the football that um, maybe that Seattle carries the load here and wins some wins somewhere around thirty one ten something like that. Okay, okay. Now I will say this: if Haskins can really surprise me, that would be the only thing that would uh, let me believe in Washington at all. But I'm, I'm highly, highly, highly doubt that. And what do you got to say? As of yesterday, they still show at the um the team is still optimistic that Alex Smith can actually still play this game. But even with that in, in mind, I'm thinking about the Giants game two um, weeks ago against Seattle, and I think that was a wake up game for them. They're not gonna fall for that twice. I think they're gonna they stepped up their game. They're definitely gonna play this year out. So I'm definitely gonna go with the same thing like Malik. I'm gonna go here with um Seattle and the under this one. I don't see this being like a big, you know, a bit high, high caliber scoring game, but that's what I'm, that's what I'm trending towards. I'm just gonna pick that as my one of my locks locks of the week as well. Seattle and the under. Oh wow! Okay, that's number four for you. Okay. All right. We all know who number five is, but let's just leave that alone. Oh, we know. <laughs> up to it. And we have the New England Patriots heading down to Miami to play the Miami Dolphins. Pats getting two and a half this week after getting blown out in LA against a much better defense. And the Dolphins are a much younger version of that team. I see similarly, except they have a much better quarterback. Tua finally threw his first pick, although it was a tipped ball, so it's not really his fault. But he still finally threw his first pick after, what, 10, 11 games, I think? No, not seven or eight games, I believe he started now at this point. I lean towards the Miami Dolphins except for the fact that Cam Newton has a crazy record against the Dolphins. And I know this is a different team, different circumstances. But I believe the Patriots are getting just healthy enough, and I do kind of expect the team to be 8-8. Eight and eight. And for them to pull that off, they'd have to win this game. That's one of their remaining games is against the Bills. And unless they have a game against the Jets left, I'm expecting them to win this one and the one against the Jets. Because I think you have to finish on a division game this year. I'm not exactly sure, but I'm leaning towards the Pats on this one, getting the two and a half. I just don't – I don't know. I've seen too much inconsistency from Tua, and I get that he's a rookie. Yeah, the Pats would have to win two more games because it's six and seven. I'm kind of leaning towards them. You know, Cam Newton has ten picks. They just run, 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 run that ball. Um, so, yeah, I'm leaning towards the Pats. Give me two and a half on the road. I'm going to take them this week. Malik. Yeah, I'm going to go the other way here. Um, you know, Miami and Patriots have had a interesting um, 
interesting, interesting uh, path. Um, not just this season, but in seasons, in, in multiple seasons. If you remember correctly, uh, New England had to win a game, I believe it was week 17, in Miami in order to clinch uh, home field and, and a bye uh, into last year's playoffs, and they were not able to do that. Brian Flores took care of business and, and, and knocked out the Patriots and forced them into their wild card, uh, into having to play a wild card game, which they uh, summarily lost against um, Tennessee. I believe it was Tennessee yeah, when they walked in, yeah, walked in there and beat them. So, um, yeah, the reputation and the record that uh, that uh, you know, Bill Belichick has against Miami defense, uh, Miami Dolphins team is 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 not great. Um, this is the one team that gives him you know trouble um, in the division, especially within the division. Uh, Buffalo most recently, but Miami has always kind of played them tough, played them hard, especially towards the end of this end of the season. So I don't expect that. I don't expect much difference. Um, Miami is. I believe just overall the better team as well. So I'm going to go ahead and, and trend towards them. Um, they're at home. Um, they're giving two and a half. So I think it's pretty easy for them to put that, uh, to, to hold that number if I'm going to pick them to win the game. Uh, the other thing is like, um, New England still has, has had trouble scoring the football. I mean, you know, that, that win against the Chargers aside, like scoring points has been a, has been a little bit difficult for them, especially through the air. So um, if they're going to have to throw to win this game or to come back in this game, I expect them to be able. I expect Miami to be able to hold them back, and so I'm going to take Miami, and I'll play the under as well here. All right, the over/under on this one is 41 points, 41 and a half. And well, we've got Coach Flores in here, my my favorite coach, and coaching the Miami Dolphins versus the coach I hate the most, which is Bill Belichick, and um, the New England Patriots. Patriots, quite, both of these teams actually need this game to um, get into the playoffs. They really need this, yes. especially the Patriots. Yes. But I, I can't see the Patriots actually winning this. You know, quite um, Flores is from the Belichick tree, and maybe yes, Belichick might have some. He should know what he's going right. to run. Right, he's going to have some. He's he, but he knows that Bill Belichick is going to have something totally different for this team. Uh, this is this is a really hard game to pick here. But well, I will say the Dolphins do always find a way to somehow beat the Patriots, and it's kind of like a thing up here. The past couple of years that I've been living here, they always find like that crazy game where like all those tip balls happen, and they kept getting interceptions and like tips to passes that were ended up getting caught for TDs. The Dolphins always seem to find a way to win, and I just think that's gonna go back this year because Cam plays better in warm weather. So I'm just leaning on the Pats. Any any um normal team. I would have automatically picked the, the Dolphins and the under in this one, and I would have just let it ride and said, let's go on to the next one. But this is the Patriots. I really believe that Bill Belichick's basically tore his team apart, rebuild that whole team just for this week to have a different scenario to go against the Dolphins because he knows – this man knows everything about him. So I'm going to go with the Patriots on this one. I have to, I have to do it. And not because – just because they, they – um, because it's Bill Belichick or whatever like that. I'm just going to go because I know how this team is. I'm going to go with um, the Patriots and the under in this one. I think they're going to pull it off, and they're going to they're do something different that we've never seen this whole season, either on okay. offense or defense, that we've never seen this, this season that's going to really mess up the Dolphins just so they can make the playoffs. I tell you, I cannot wait till that narrative is done. I can't wait till the narrative is over wow. where the Patriots are just a predictable team like everybody else and nobody believes. And everybody says, you know, they're not going to win because they're just not good enough. Um, <laughs> and the thing is that normally, I would agree with that one because the thing is that 
technically they're not that good enough, but Bill Belichick always finds something different or he'll do something the week before to make you think that, oh, this is how they're going to be playing from now on. Then he just switch it up again. Well, that's what, that's what I mean. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm just waiting for the, I'm waiting for the, the day when it's no longer Bill Belichick is the mad scientist and he'll beat you. He'll beat you with a, you know, with a bunch of table scraps. Um, it's, I'm just waiting for that that situation to, to, to you know to take shape. Because look, I mean, not for nothing. I mean, you're not you're not wrong. You're not wrong, Ed. If there's anybody that can that can beat you with you know with whatever he has, it's Bill Belichick. But um, this season is showing and proving that um, you know you can't win if you know if you don't spend money on talent uh, to keep your talent in house and keep them happy and keep them keep them you know playing at a high level. You ain't gonna win. Um, this team. Definitely. This team let go of a lot of really talented players because they didn't want to pay them, and as a result, they are you know running out there with um with you know scraps of you know Some with the remnants basically. with the remnants of, of you know good players that they had scattered all over this this organization that they built from scratch and then decided that they didn't feel like paying them and paying them when the when the when the time came when that time came. So um, yeah, I'm just I'm just waiting for the day when Bob Kraft and uh, and that doing the Patriots has to have organization has to realize that you're just like everybody else pay people and they'll play and they'll play well for you and if you don't uh, you can't just lean on your your hall of fame head coach to try to you know make oh, make, got, make wine out of water that's just they, not happening they have to go back to regular coaches that, that's you know, not just, the patriot way them. patriot way is just <laughs> bill, bill belichick's way where he could just you, he uses any day they're gonna play but right now He's the only one playing football money ball which i find very interesting yeah it, it, kind of drives me nuts because you would think that NFL is a copycat league. You would think that other coaches or something like that will figure that out. Yeah, let's do the same thing. What the NFL copycats are play calls and like uh, styles of play and like trends that seem to be working. So if there's another player that compares Derrick Henry, expect him to get drafted as a first-round pick or even Ezekiel Elliott because when you have elite players, you tend to go after them. You just have to kind of build buffers around them so they know they're not the only thing. Because when Henry was the only thing, they were barely making the playoffs. And that's the right. difference between then and now. So, moving on. The Baltimore Ravens. Thank you guys for last week. And thank you for this week. Our hosting, the Jacksonville Jaguars. A game that no one believes the Jaguars will win. And I don't believe the Jaguars will win. But they are getting 14 points on the road in Baltimore. This game is going to be played in the snow, I believe because Baltimore also was in that band of snow that's just getting crushed. The over-under is 47 and a half. I'm going to take the over. And the Jacksonville Jaguars are getting 14 points. So you know me. There's no way I'm not taking the Jags on this one. Give me the Jags, getting the 14 points at Baltimore. I expect Baltimore to win this game. Handle Well, I expect Baltimore to win this game probably a little bit closer than they would like to. I think if the spread was 10, I'd probably be taking the uh, Ravens. But it's not, so I'm taking the Jags. Give me the Jags plus fourteen. Malik. Gardner Minshew is back um playing quarterback for for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um and I don't really know why. Um, because although the <laughs> He's better than Luton the past couple of starts. I mean, although he he may be a better option than Luton, but is he really? I mean that the the reality of the situation is the the, the quarterback position in Jacksonville is not good and and it's not going to get better by just playing you know uh by pointing at a you know just pointing at the the option and uh just you know closing your eyes and pointing and selecting your quarterback week after week it's just not going to happen you're not going to get better doing the doing things that way 
And um, not for nothing, the Baltimore Ravens, that showing against the Cleveland Browns, who, you know, at the time you, you could have easily said on paper were the better team and were playing at home at that time, um, that, that, uh, that told me something. That told me that the Ravens were uh, getting healthier um, because they were getting guys back from COVID, you know, from, you know COVID-related absences, um, that there's still a, an extremely dominant running team. They're still an extremely dominant defense, or at least they can show that at times. And, um, you know, Lamar Jackson is still a, a dynamic player. And uh, once you, if you have the most dynamic player on the field, you should win uh, you, the, better, the better portion of your games. I don't, see a, I don't see a path towards Jacksonville scoring 30 points or 25 points or 20, 24 points even in this game. James and I think that they, I don't see, again, I don't see Jacksonville. I don't see a, a path towards, you know, 27, 24 points in this game for Jacksonville. I think they'll, they'll peak somewhere around 13 to 16. And um, I, I see the Ravens getting 30. So I can see the Ravens easily getting to 30 uh, on this defense. So I'm going to take the Ravens here. Um, I know it's a heavy, heavy, heavy spread, and I don't usually like to take these big, big numbers, but I'm going to take the Ravens. I think that they're just, they're playing well. They're playing at a, at a high clip and they need, they need game. They need to win games like this because they need to actually, you know, maintain a semblance of a, uh, of a, you know, a hold on that uh, playoff, playoff spot. So give me Baltimore and I'll give the 14 Jacksonville. And what do you got to say? Well, all I have to say is that um, Baltimore showed against the um, the Browns. Well, actually, I should say Lamar Jackson showed against the Browns. Oh, no, the champ is here. The whole team, the whole team was in on that one. Yeah, okay, I, well, I still, Edwards, listen. They ran for they, what, like three hundred yards as a team. That team, yes, they did. But uh, I think that team wouldn't really go without Lamar Jackson. Oh, we know that one hundred percent. That's why he was the NFL MVP. Right. Don't talk like he's the best dude in their squad. The reason why I'm bringing him up is because he he regained back his MVP status again, and he, he quite and he might actually can quite make a make a good run over here. I can see that actually happening. Garden, the great Garden Minshew, he's he's not going to do anything. The mighty mullet, he's not. The mighty mullet's not definitely. He's definitely not going to do nothing. He, he they they they're, they're basically going to get the number two pick if the according if the Jets don't win the game. They need it because Jacksonville is not going nowhere with this. They're going to be in the Justin Fields lottery, I believe, is what you're that's, saying. Yeah, that's what it basically is. Yeah. So give me the give me the Ravens on this one, but I'm actually going to take the Ravens and the over in this one. Oh, the over. Yes, I'm still going to take the over. I still think that Jacksonville. I said this, I think, last week or the week before. Jacksonville still will try to fight fight this or whatever, but I, I still still I still see seven and a half for this game. By the way, folks. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. That's right. I can definitely see the Ravens pulling this out and winning this, but I'm going to go with the Ravens and the over in this one. All right. Next up, we have the New York kind of football Jets visiting the L.A. Rams. The point spread on this is almost comical as the Jets are still undefeated at 0-13? 0-14, correct? No, 0-13 because it's week 15, so they still have to make it that bye week. They got three more games left. And the Jets are getting 17 points, and the over/under is 43 and a half. The last time I saw a spread like this, both of these uh, schools, both of these teams were schools, and they had uh, chancellors and not head coaches and owners. So I don't even want to pick this, but I'd like to let Ant go on his little tirade as he usually does around this part of the show. So Ant, have at it. Boom, 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 boom. The champ is here. Boom, 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 boom. The champ is here. Jess is going. Jess is definitely cleaning house. They undefeated. They keep on going. 
and I could definitely see them winning this game. This is um over and over, over and under is what forty three and a half. Jesse's definitely pulled off, you know, with Trevor Lawrence in the oh, I mean, my fault. That's next year. So I'm gonna go with the Rams on this one. <laughs> the Rams is gonna blow them out here. I'm gonna take the Rams in the over in this one. I almost had it last week. It was this close. And that, but I'm definitely gonna go with the um the Rams on this one. The the tank train is gonna keep on going. We're gonna keep riding that train to, uh, to Trevor Lawrenceville. Rams and over. All right, Malik, would you like to go? You thought it was going to be longer? <laughs> yeah, I did. I did. I was no, going to just too much pain, man. Just let's just move on. 17 is just such a – I mean, it's – It's insane, right? It's, it's, it's really, really insane. Like Iowa State's playing Iowa. And it's even worse. It's even worse because you got to trust Jared Goff. Like I, I just don't want to trust exactly. Jared Goff doing anything. Because if we um, see the Jets defense can can play a good game. They they can they can put up a good game every once in a while. And uh, you know Jared Goff is not a great. He's not a good quarterback. I mean, the the one thing that I, that we'll say here though is that Cam Akers is playing the type of ball that you expect from a you know from a running back who's looking to you know win Offensive Rookie of the Year. I mean. Uh, is it is it, is it even possible for him to you know to snatch that from uh, I don't even know who's who's actually you know holding holding that down right now but um, you know with the last couple of weeks Justin he's Jefferson. had yeah yeah Justin yeah, he's over a thousand yards receiving and yeah he's he's done he's done great all year so Everybody I mean, may, about him, but, yeah. maybe maybe Cam Akers could could you know pull that out but the way he's playing right now he's giving the Rams the balance that they need um, and that they're going to need throughout the playoffs too so he's giving them the balance from that running game. Uh, that they're missing, that they've been missing since uh, since Todd Gurley um, started to on his decline. So um, expect the Rams. They're just a more complete team, uh, offense, defense, special teams everywhere against the Jets. And uh, you just can't see a, a way for the Jets to score any points. They can't score points. That's just the sad thing about it. They can't score any points. Rams could put up twenty four, and the Jets will find a way to only score three. Because it's just that's just how they got rid of the kicker. That's just to score some points last week. That's just how bad they are. I mean, you can you can dare them to score points, and they just find a way to not score points and not put not put any pressure on the opposing defense. Uh, and that's why I just have to take the Rams here. I, ha- I hate to do it. Again, seventeen is just too much of a too much of a spread to really, you know, really lay any kind of money on. And I would not lay money on this but game as well. Who? But I'm taking the Rams. I'm just I just I just can't I just can't find myself to to go for the Jets here. Give me the Rams and uh, wow. I'll, I'll I'll play the under just because again the Jets the Jets get the ten points. It's a surprise. So. Jets ain't getting no dang on 10 points. Anyway, this is just too painful. Anyway, this is going to be my lock of the week, man. Just going to get the Bahans kick. Anyway, next. All right. This is my um, – hold on a second. I got to make this real quick. The Jets are getting 17 points. So, um, the Jets are averaging getting outscored by their opponents by 16.1 points per game. Okay? Um, before last week's 4-3 loss, it was like 14 points a game. So the fact that they're giving them 17 points on the road and the Rams are probably going to take this game off a little bit easy, I don't see the Jets to get blown out. I don't see the Rams to put up a bunch of points. Now the rookies may not know any better. So Cam Makers may play great. But the Jets' defense is good enough to slow them down, and Jared Goff is Jared Goff. So if Sam Darnold wants to feel comfortable playing in L.A. again, which he definitely does, Jamison Crowder is going to play, Mims is going to play, and you have the ageless Frank Gore who has – Technically, about the same amount of running, running yards. He has more rushing yards than any running back on the Rams, except for Daryl Henderson Jr. The only difference is he has one touchdown. 
Uh, Jared Goff has 11 interceptions. 11. 3,500 yards and 11 interceptions. I do not, that does not sound like a covering team that's going to outscore a team by 17 points. I'm sorry. The Jets are bad, but they ain't this bad. This is like me trying to pick Alabama against Coastal Carolina and Coastal Carolina to get like 38 points. I got to take 38 points. I have to. This is the NFL. I keep saying this over and over again, and y'all don't believe me. These Jets teams are playing for pride. They are plus 950 on the money line. Is the googly eyes factor? Plus 950. For every dollar you put on the Jets, you would get $9.50 back if they won the game. If they win this game, that would be hilarious, and it would be the most Jets thing ever. But I will say this. They are going to cover this game. I err on to it, okay? They are going to cover this game. You can err to it all you want. Go be us. Go go knock that out of the ballpark. Give me the 17 points and put this in my best bet so I could have my best bet against Ant. This makes me feel good inside. Makes me feel warm and fuzzy while the blizzard is going on around me. So you can feel you feel warm and fuzzy all you want. Googly eyes is gonna <laughs> knock that out the park, and then they're gonna fire somebody or get rid of somebody who screwed up at the end. All right, moving on to the next one. Yes, please. Arizona Cardinals hosting the Philadelphia Eagles. The Cardinals are giving six and a half points to the Eagles, and the over under in this game is forty nine and a half. Oh, and for the Jets game, I am taking the over. There's no way that that's gonna stay on there. That's way too low. The Cardinals are. Yeah, the over in the game is 49 and a half. I'm going to go with the under. The Eagles defense played really well. Jalen Hurst gave a more dynamic uh, kind of a game. This is going to be kind of weird because it feels like I'm watching two college quarterbacks play against each other still. Because Kyler Murray and Jalen Hurst still give me that college kind of feels the way they play the game. Kyler Murray had it going last year, but this year not so much. Um, the Eagles on the road getting six and a half is just not enough for me to want to take them. But I kind of want to lead towards them with Murray. Because Miles Sanders just played amazing last week. One of the one things that the Cardinals can't do is stop the run. So I think I have to take the Cardinals just because that half a point really makes me think they can win this game by a touchdown. They can put up a lot of points, and if they get going, I don't see the Eagles being able to stop them. The Eagles having a chance to win their division, they might be a little bit more motivated, but I just have more faith in the Cardinals at this point in the season. Jalen Hurts is a rookie, and I just don't still consider him a great passer. He might surprise me, but that touchdown to Jeffrey was kind of a fluke, in my opinion. So I'm taking the Cardinals in this one, minus the six and a half at home. Malik. Yeah, it's interesting. The, the Cardinals actually played a lot better football last week um, than I expected them to. I picked, um, actually had picked against them, uh, figuring that the Giants were trending in a better place than they had been. Uh, and, and watching Kyler Murray at the previous couple of weeks, I didn't think that he was going to um, be running the ball as much as he ran last week. If Kyler Murray is running the, running the football uh, and he's, at, he's you know brought that piece of his game back to his repertoire, there's no way that Philadelphia should be, um, you know, should be able to, to stay with them. That said, I mean, the Eagles did show something. They showed the ability to win a, win a football game against a better team, better opponent uh, at home. Uh, and Miles Sanders actually, you know, played you know, the, the type of football that people expected him to play early in, early on in the season while he was such a, you know, hot commodity, you know, or both on the fantasy circuits, but just, you know, uh, you know, breakout candidate. Everybody had him listed as a breakout candidate this year uh, going into the season. Um, and he just hasn't, hasn't, hasn't uh, you know, factored out that way, but he's, you know, obviously still showed he's got all of the talent, all of the skills to do that. So it's going to be an interesting game, um, just to say the least, because, you know, Philadelphia just seemed a little bit more intriguing, a little bit more interesting with Jalen Hurts back there. There's less of a 
weekly controversy about what's going to happen with Doug Peterson and the quarterback position and whether or not Carson Wentz is the guy and, you know, how they're going to get rid of him and all of these things. It feels like Jalen Hurts has added some level of stability to the situation, which is surprising because he's a rookie. Um, but um, if anything, you know, this is the type of game where, uh, you know, they go to Arizona and they, you know, they try to, you know, hold fort and they're just unable to, uh, to win the game out, out in the end. I still think that Arizona is capable of um, winning this game, but I'm going to trend. I'm going to trend the other way. I'm going I'm to take a bit of a gamble here and go with Philadelphia to cover the spread. So give me the six and a half points, and I'll, I'll, I'll hopefully uh, Jalen Hurts, you know, keeps things close, and they're able to, you know, make a make a, a bit of a run at the end and get a backdoor cover here. So I'll take Philly, um, and I will go with the uh, over here as well. All right, and what do you got to say? Well, I kind of don't believe in Jalen Hurts, in my opinion, rookie and stuff like that, going against Arizona. Um, Aaron, I th- Ace, I think you, you're all right on this. It does feel like a college game a little bit. You got, you got Kyle Murray versus, versus Jalen Hurts on this one. Yeah, it does feel like a little like a college game here. But um, I'm going to go with Arizona in this one. I'm not, I feel like staying away from Philly on this. I'm going to go with Arizona. But give me the over in this one. I think Arizona can pull it out. Think you're you're seeing a shootout for this one. Yes. All right. All right, y'all. Give me one. By the time next year hits or whatever. What's going to change up when next year hits? No, just basically um like your editing and stuff like that or whatever you're gonna add in and stuff like that. But mostly we're just talking about quite the days that we should be recording this. What day should we be recording this? Fridays. Oh. Yeah, Friday might be actually a little better when it comes to this uh, at the end. The only reason is, like I was telling, we was talking about, is that the lines change or whatever. Because I'm yeah. always to be worried about that. By the time this actually comes out, the line might be already changed. Yeah, that's true. But we're giving the reasons as to why we're picking them and the reason why we think the line might move up or down. And some mm-hmm. of these are kind of holding solid. But if y'all are ready to go, I'm ready to pick back up again. Let's do it. Yeah. All right. We have the Kansas City football chiefs visiting the new orleans saints the two best teams record-wise in the nfl i guess the saints are tied with um green bay packers but the saints have a more total team saints are at home for this one i don't know if drew Brees will go but he can go and it may make sense for the saints to get an extra week of rest and get that bye to play him this week to see if they can get this win um even with that said the saints are getting three points at home and it's the chiefs who are the best team in the nfl and defending NFL champions who look set to go on a two-peat when back-to-back, which hasn't been done since the Pats in 2003-2004. So I am leaning heavily on the Kansas City Chiefs. The over-under for this game is surprisingly only 51 and a half. I'm kind of shocked by that, being as both of these teams have been running the ball better and throwing the ball much better. But the way the Saints played last week, I really have to go towards the Chiefs. I understand they're going to play better and focus for this one, but the Chiefs just seem to be the better team top to bottom and even have the better even have the better uh, special teams for this one. So if I had another best bet, I would take the Chiefs. That's how confident I am in this one. Um, I don't see them letting up at all, and they understand how big of a game this is because this could be a potential Super Bowl matchup, actually. We're, seeing, we're getting a chance to see a Super Bowl preview, and they should be flexing this to Sunday Night Football if this is not Sunday Night Football for this week. So give me the Chiefs. And well, it would have been a Super Bowl preview if um, Drew Brees actually play, is playing, but they're saying right now that he's not ruled out yet. 
he actually practiced for the first time. This was um, came out by Yahoo Sports like two hours ago or whatever. But um, looking at this, I think I said this last week or the week before or whatever, that Kansas City does not really try to ra- rack up the points that much. They are actually trying to keep it in a good 20, maybe close to 30 po- point type of game for themselves. So I'm going to go with Kansas City on this one. But I'm going to go with Kansas City in the under in this one. I don't think it's going to go that – I don't think it's going to break that 51 and a half. You think it's going to be the under? Yes. The two I'm okay. scoring teams in the league are going to play the under. I'm going to play the under unless Drew – see, the thing is that this is like back and forth type of thing because if Drew Brees is actually healthy and playing or whatever, yeah. then I would actually would take Kansas City in the over in this one. I'm going to take Kansas City in the over. Okay. Good luck on that one. I'm going with the under. <laughs> Uh, Malik. Um, so New Orleans losing last week to Philly was to me a, this was them getting caught in the look ahead, um, getting caught, you know, sleeping on, sleeping on Philadelphia, you know, obviously we had all picked New Orleans to win that game. Um, the betting public was, was on New Orleans, despite the fact that they were on the road and, you know. New Orleans just kind of slept, um, slept through that first half. We're down 17, nothing in the first half came back, um, outscored, outscored the, um, the Eagles, uh, 24, 14, the rest of the game, but obviously spotting them that 17 is what wound up losing them the game and uh, losing them the game at the end. Um, so you just can't do that against any team in football, uh, let alone a team that you're playing on the road. Um, and so, that said, whether Drew Brees, Drew Brees plays or not, I just have a feeling that this game is going to be uh, a close matchup between two teams that are very evenly matched. New Orleans has a very good defense. Casey's defense is trending, trending in a better direction um, as well. But I think this is – I think I'm just going to take the points here. Um, I'm, whether or not I think that New Orleans is going to win the game, uh, I, think, I think Sean Payton is a good enough head coach to – uh, call an offensive game plan that's going to, you know, prevent KC from being able to run the score up on them. It's going to force force them into a situation, force KC in a situation where they keep the game, keep the game relatively close because they realize that they have to keep it close in order for them to win uh, because they don't have Drew Brees and they don't have the passing offense that they would typically have, um, even though they do have the firepower to stay with uh, just about anybody in the NFL. So I'm going to take the Saints here to to cover, um, and I'll take the three points. Um, anytime you get a team this good in the Saints. To me, is anytime you get a team this good and you're giving points to a team this good in the Saints, uh, especially at home, you take it um, and, and, you, and you roll with it. Um, not saying Kansas City is going to lose the game, uh, although I wouldn't be surprised if they did. Um, but you're giving me three points, teams ten, a team with, with 10 victories already on the season, and you're going to give me some points here. I'll go ahead and take them, and, uh, and I will play the over as well. Yeah, the over is a serious play right here. Um, I can't imagine it's going to stay at 51 and a half. It doesn't hit 56 by Friday or Saturday. That's kind of insane. Only thing is um, the Chiefs have their quarterback. They have everybody healthy in their defense, and they also have the Honey Badger. So give me the Chiefs. Cleveland Browns visiting the New York, the New Jersey Giants. I'm sorry, I almost mispronounced her name. The New Jersey Giants getting oh, four points at home. It's not wrong. I'm, I'm, I'm dead right. <laughs> As a New Yorker, I reserve my right to call them the New Jersey Giants. <laughs> after the Browns play last Sunday night or after, at last Monday night, um, I want to say this is a short week because I think this is a Sunday night football game. I don't understand why the Giants aren't getting more at home because four points ain't enough. This team may be in them. I'm sorry. If the Browns don't roll them, I'll be shocked. Over under on this is 44 and a half. Once again, 
they just were in a game where they combined to score 89 points against the Baltimore Ravens, who have a much better defense statistically and play, player by player than the New York Giants. Give me the Browns all day and the over. This should be like a seven and a half point spread. And even then, I'm still leaning towards the Browns. Malik. Yeah, Browns are our best bet here for me. Um, teams that run the football the way that they do just don't lose games. And they, they, don't, they don't lose a lot of games. And they also don't lose a lot of games in the winter. Um, it's just they, they, you know, these teams trend, tend to trend towards uh, better and better performances week by week as they continue to uh, prepare themselves for uh, the grind of the NFL playoffs. So um, I see no reason to believe that Cleveland is going to slow down here. Um, the Giants clearly hit a road bump, uh, speed bump in their uh, route towards winning the division when they uh, lost the game um, to Arizona um, that they probably should have, you know, should have showed, showed, showed a better effort on. Uh, Daniel Jones still doesn't look like he's 100%. Um, he's not back to being the type of quarterback that he needs to be. Uh, and Colt McCoy as the backup is just that. He's a backup. So uh, you're not going to get much from him. So uh, Cleveland should, should roll here um, in, in more ways than one. They should, they should take, the, take the Giants and, and, and whip them pretty bad, um, even in New York. So I'll, I'll go ahead and take Cleveland. I'll give the four points, and I'll lock them into the best bet for me. All right, and. I actually trust Colt McCoy more than I trust Daniel Jones in his in his own game, but um, either way, it doesn't really matter. Flip of coin, whatever, who cares? Um, Cleveland's <laughs> definitely gonna roll through this and roll over the Giants. Um, yeah, definitely give me Cleveland in this, and I'm taking the over on this. They gonna actually no, sorry, taking Cleveland in the under in this one. They still they still gonna win this, but Giants. I don't see the Giants actually doing anything. They Giants might be a well coached team, but they don't have the talent right now. That's that that right there is valid and that right there is facts. Big facts. Um, the last game of the week, we have the Pittsburgh Steelers going to the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals are getting 13 points at home. Um, the over-under on this is 40. Um, I expect the Steelers to win this game. I don't know if they're going to cover. I think they're going to try to beat the hell out of the Bengals because they're just kind of tired of losing the past two weeks. I think they're going to have to figure themselves out, and this is a good game for them too because this is a team that they should be and they will be. The matter of them covering the 13 points is kind of surprising to me that it's this much, but the Bengals are pretty terrible. Without Joe um, Burrow, I just don't – I don't know. They don't have their starting running back. Like, A.J. Green scored a touchdown last week. They're, all their receivers are still pretty good, but their QB just ain't it. And the Steelers have to figure out something with those wide receivers in their running game. John Connor is back another week healthy. I expect the Steelers to run the ball well, throw the ball well. I could see them winning this game by two touchdowns. I have to lean towards them over the Bengals because the Bengals have shown me nothing in the past couple of weeks that lead me to believe that even they will just lose by 10, let alone win this game. So give me the Steelers minus the 13 points on the road. Uh, and the I guess I'm going to have to take the unders because I don't, I don't see the Bengals scoring. 30-3 to three Steelers. Malik. Yeah, um, it's funny because Pittsburgh has had such such trouble these past two weeks, and they needed to get right game. And the football gods gave them the Cincinnati Bengals, like literally just gave this yeah. gifted them, gift wrapped them, the Cincinnati Bengals here. Um, this is probably going to be the first week in forever, really. I mean, in, in me picking games um, first, like at home, just by myself, but and now you know, as as a member of this trio, um, where. 
every single uh, double-digit favorite, where I took every single double-digit favorite. I've never done this before. I've never taken every double-digit favorite before in my in the history of me me picking bets. I've always leaned towards one of the underdogs getting, you know, these double-digit point spreads. But uh, it's just really hard to pick um, any one of the teams that are that are that are favored or that are that are underdogs here. I mean, you've got the Bengals, the Jets, the Jaguars, and the Lions, four of the worst teams in the NFL um, statistically in in so many categories. It just it's just hard to really bet 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 towards them, um, you know, without feeling like you're just kind of wasting money a little bit. Uh, Pittsburgh is just a much better team on all on all sides. Cincinnati just lost a game, thirty to seven, to the Cowboys, who are terrible, who have been terrible all season. And so, there's no exactly. reason to believe that um, that, that Cincinnati is going to, you know, find better success against a Pittsburgh Pittsburgh team that's, at the very least, motivated. way better on defense and completely motivated to complete to, to crush their opponent and put themselves back into the driver's seat in in their division and potentially uh, try to get back that number one that number one spot and get themselves uh, that bye week that uh, Kansas City's currently owning. So. Uh, Pittsburgh should win this pretty handedly. Um, I'm looking at something like, you know, 28, 28, six, something like that. Um, and so I'm actually going to trend towards the under on this just because again, similar to what you said, Ace, I don't see Cincinnati scoring too many points here. Um, so uh, and I don't see just a pathway towards them getting, hitting anywhere around 20 points, uh, which is probably what they'll need to, uh, to, to cover that. So give me Pittsburgh and I'll play the under. All right. And last game of the week. Yeah, with no Joe Burrow in this game, um, this is Pittsburgh's bye week for practice, for their practice and stuff like that. They're just going to come in there with the binds. The I can definitely see that going. This, give me Pittsburgh in the under. Cincinnati's not going to do anything against this. They might as well just put out their practice squad against oh, Pittsburgh on this one and call it wow. a day. Wow. This is the NFL, sir. How dare you? Hey, hey. Put out their practice squad. This ain't the Jets. This hey. is the games. Multiple. <laughs> Multiple games. They're not the, even the Jaguars. Multiple. They're not even, you know, as bad as the Bengals are, they're still only the third worst team in the league. That's true. And their quarterback got hurt. So we know why they're bad and they're starting running back. So they're just dealing with injuries. It's just a down year for them. But as you know, their owner likes to save money. So he's saving money and he'll be saving up to get another high draft pick and rebuild and get out there next year. All right. Hopefully. We have wrapped up this week, week 15 of the 2020. NFL season. Shout outs, Malik. Uh, my shout out this week uh, goes to Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, look, honestly speaking, you know, you guys, you know, you did the damn thing last week and you um, won a game that nobody on this show and the rest of the world didn't think that you could win. Um, and you nope. did it. In a, you did it in a fashion that that was, you know, relatively surprising. I mean, you know, you guys took it to one of the better defenses in the NFL. And um, I gave Jalen Hurts a lot of trash uh, during his college days at uh, at Alabama. Um, made a lot of fun of him, uh, losing his job to Tua uh, when he did. Uh, you know, that situation in that championship game was still funny to me. It still still rings and resonates with me. Um, but since then, uh, going to Oklahoma, he, he played well, um, just not well enough to be selected in the first round of the draft. Um, everybody knew that, you know, him getting picked up in the second round by the Eagles kind of spelled a potential situation uh, at the quarterback position uh, with, with the Eagles. 
And when he came in, he, he's handled his business. Uh, he's taking care of business and he's taking that job over at least through the, run, through the remainder of the season. So uh, again, no, I've given him a lot of crap over the, over the last uh, couple of years, but you know, props given to Jalen Hurts, you know, winning your first NFL game and um, you know, putting yourselves and the Eagles back on the map there in that NFC uh, East division if possible. So uh, shout outs to Jalen Hurts. Right. Shout outs to my Chicago Bears for coming through and proving me wrong. Um, Deshaun Watson, Mitch Trubisky finally shut that noise down about them drafting him before they drafted you. Um, it's not really going to end the discussion forever, but last week had to feel good. I will say that. Shout outs to my UB Bulls, who are now number 23 in the country, even though nobody cares about the AP rankings anymore. Somehow being undefeated doesn't get you into the playoff, even if you're in a smaller conference like my school is. Somehow, University of North Carolina, who's 6-3 and three and super mediocre, pulled off a big win. So they get to be number 23 in the college football playoff, which means uh, zero, but it is what it is. And shout out to the Baltimore Ravens for getting me through to the semifinals for my fantasy football. Shout out to you, Lamar Jackson. Shout out to you, Alden Smith, for coming through on the defense as IDP and for proving that a million times zero is still zero because as hard as the Cleveland Browns tried, they could not get past you. And <laughs> I'd like to give a shout out to Sergio Castillo over here for those nice three field goal misses and keeping the tank alive. <laughs> the only the only jet player that actually scored last week. Definitely oh give a shout God. out to him. Hopefully he, enjoy, he enjoys his vacation and he does um, uh, some good fishing here with um, Greg Williams. Anyway, that's it for tank. me. Tank, keep the tank alive. Keep the tank my soul. Alive. Three more games to go. Yeah, well, you know, the best part is you don't live in New York no more, so you don't got to watch these games. You know, you no, I do watch these games, and I, uh, and I actually listen to the radio stations and hear the crying and stuff like really? that, because, yes, I, I go through the same emotions and pain even out here. <laughs> that's, that's even worse, I, but you got to stop watching. At certain I, point, I, I take it the pain. Just... No, I take it the pain. I go into join the judge groups and everything. <laughs> Taking the pain. It's, it, it, right. it's a lighter end of the tunnel, and, you know, he has long blonde hair, and his name is Trevor Lawrence. Keep, keep hope alive. All right. Let's, uh, let's focus on those words for the rest of the weeks, folks. <laughs> and uh, that is week 15 in our books. Please follow along at Sports God's Picks on Twitter and also on the blog on WordPress. Um, y'all know where to find me. Hit me up. And if you want to, yeah, keep following along, and please keep subscribing and listening. I'll talk to you later. Peace. Peace. Am I really hard to please? Perhaps I have such special needs. I wondered what was wrong with me. <laughs> <laughs> running, running.